Give me back tomorrow for taking all that I can stand. Throw the weight of the world from the palm of your hand. Gather round the fire, together we will rise. Keep your feet on the ground, keep your eye on the prize. Welcome to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. You were just listening to one of our favorite Northwest artists, Clint McCoon, Don't Go Back to Sleep. It's a phenomenal song, and many of the words in there actually tie to the story of my guest today, and so I wanted to feature him. And I am so excited about my guest. I've known Maureen Manley for, I don't know, it's probably been 15 years now at least. And she was a world-class cyclist. She was at the top of her game. She was, I think, the fastest woman hill climber in the world. She was on the U.S. cycling team. She was winning national championships, world championships. She was kind of slated for the 92 Olympics. And at the height of this career, her dreams came to an abrupt halt. She was racing in the Tour de France. She was, I think, at the top of a mountain. Her vision blurred and she crashed. She learned when she went down to the hospital, that it was the onset of MS, multiple sclerosis, which I have a difficult time even saying they should make it an easier name. The headlines read, read Manley's Olympic dream is dashed. So the journey down one road ended, but another began. A journey filled with compelling life lessons strengthened her understanding the belief in the power of the human spirit. And that's really a lot of what we're going to talk about today because she didn't let that physical setback that many people face, whether it's autoimmune and you have no energy or whether you have MS or whatever it might be, she didn't let that physical setback stop her. She went on to create a life that she loves. She returned to cycling. She's actually doing some competitive cycling. She's a testament to the practical, practical effectiveness of her method. She's a coach. Uh, for over 20 years, she's been an inspirational speaker, and that's when I first met her. Um, she's a high-performance consultant because she is a high-performing person. Um, she's educated and inspired many thousands and thousands of people across this country. And I'm just more than thrilled to have her join me today. Welcome to the show, Marla. Thank you, Marla. It's fantastic to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to join you. Yeah. So can you just start uh, so the audience can hear? Can you tell me your story, kind of how it how it uh, came to be? Sure. Kind of what's sure. Happening? Um, well, you did such a great job with my uh, introduction there. And, you know, we have to go back in time to 1984 when I was you know, like 19 years old and I was watching the Olympics that were in Los Angeles that year. And I was at a friend's house standing in front of the TV and I was astonished with what I was seeing before me. I was watching the first ever women's cycling road race. I loved to ride my bicycle all my life, but I didn't know it was something I could compete in. And I watched the uh, American, her name is Connie Carpenter, win the first ever Olympic road race. And I stood there in front of the TV. I pointed at it and I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be the best female cyclist in the world. And, and had, you actually became that, I believe, as far as hill climbing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I did. Um, but what's interesting is that I had no idea how to do this at the time. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a YouTube tutorial. There wasn't, there wasn't a book that I could read about how to do it. I just had a dream in my head and my heart. And with that really inspired vision guiding the way, 
um, I discovered and I found ways to um, make my dreams come true. And um, I just started riding and, and racing with um, men. Um, wow. Because I, I went up to when I, I went to college, my undergraduate degree is at, at Chico State in Northern California. And I discovered because I had this vision in my head that there was a men's cycling team. So I just started riding with them and they beat me up really good. <laughs> but I just kept coming back for more and more and more. And then within a year's time, they're having a hard time keeping up with me. I love that. And men are probably going to be stronger. And so you're building your skills at a very high level from the very beginning. Yes. And um, they gave me the whooping I needed to, <laughs> to get to get to where I wanted to go because I was very clear that I wanted to be great, <laughs> not yeah. just you know good. Um, and so it was then that I was racing in Northern California that um, the national team was training up there and the national and I was beating some of them at, at races and the national team coach said, you know, come here, little girl, I want to talk to you. <laughs> And, and this uh, way, is this why you were still in college? Yes. Okay. Yes. And after I graduated college, um, I, that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be on the U.S. team. And, um, and shortly was on the U.S. team, was named on the U.S. team. Nice. And in 1991, I was having my best year. I won a gold, silver, and a bronze medal at the national championships alone. I was the only female cyclist to be chosen to ride in two of two of the road events at the world championships wow. and two, two opportunities. And I had been in the world championships the two years prior as well. And that's an opportunity to be the best cyclist in the world by winning mm. the world championships. Yeah. And the, the next year was an Olympic year. So everything was going really well for me. I was just really dialing dialing myself in working really hard i moved to colorado and i was training at altitude and training with some of the best cyclists in the world and then after the world championships in uh that were in germany that year or during the world championships i had really two subpar performances that were strange for me because i was always so consistent it was you know i it, the national, I know the national team coach really appreciated how consistent I was all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was good or great. And um, I was struggling. And after the world championships, the um, U.S. team went to the Women's Tour de France. And um, back in 1991, there was a Women's Tour de France, but it was later in the year. Um, and I was feeling kind of funky, but what I was thinking is I was overtrained and I was tired. It was the end of the year. Um, and one of the things I was experiencing too during this time was I go ride hard and my vision would blur a bit. And I was and just writing it off as I needed new sunglasses or the glass my sponsor was Oakley at the time. And I would just go to the Oakley rep and say, I need more glasses. These are messing with me. And so, you know, having, having a sponsorship is kind of nice because she's just giving me different glasses to try. So I'm stockpiling Oakley glasses. And still when I um, took off for the first race in the women's tour de France, actually it was the second stage after the, what's called a prologue. Um, it was a mountain stage and um, I'm racing up this mountain and um, doing my 
best to stay with the leaders because I'm one of the better climbers um, in the world and I can climb with the best. So I positioned myself to climb with the best and we're climbing up the mountain. And for the first time I was experiencing my vision blurring way worse than I've ever experienced it blur. And I was determined to stay with the, the leaders and keep pushing. So the more I pushed, the more my vision blurred. And by the time I reached the top of the mountain, my vision was so blurred, I lost my sight completely. And what I didn't know was happening is when I was losing my vision, my um, I was moving to the side of the road. And when I lost my sight, my my tires hit the gravel on the side of the road and my wheels came sliding out from underneath me. And I found myself crashing to the ground. And what I didn't know then at the time is that I rode my bike off one road to begin a journey on a new road. And that yeah. new road would be a life with multiple sclerosis. Now, yeah. This is 31 years ago. And to it go was... from being one of the top cyclists in the world with dreams of the Olympics and all the championships and everything. I mean, you were a very competitive person. It's that, and to go to learning to walk again, I believe. Yeah, you know, within within a year and a half's time of my diagnosis, and it doesn't, MS doesn't always hit people this hard, but within a year and a half's time of my diagnosis, I, um, the, the disease had progressed so much that um, I was having a hard time walking unaided. Yeah. I walked with a cane and and even struggled doing that. It was usually a cane in somebody's shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a rough time. It was, it was, it really felt like <laughs> my world had exploded yeah. from being such a driven um, athlete yeah. at the top of my game to being somebody who couldn't walk unaided. Yeah. Um, it, it really shattered things <laughs> and so me. when you were in that shattered state did you drop into kind of a depression for a period of time where you were just like giving up and just going what am i gonna you know life is ending for me or or were you able to keep that spirit that drivenness that you have in your biking world alive in your real life what what was your transition there you know that's a good question because i did i never went into a depression i had sadness lots of it mm -hmm. and lots of confusion and I was really focused on fixing. <laughs> How can I fix this? It's, it, it's, I had the mindset and <clears throat> I was 26 years old. So I wasn't as mature as I am today or as, as schooled. Um, that if I could become one of the best cyclists in the world, surely I could fix this MS thing. Yeah. And what can I do? So I, I used that determination to, you know, what can I, it, it, and the thing is there weren't medications 31 years ago for M, for MS. So there wasn't anything alternative that I was doing because it wasn't alternative to anything, but I, but I was looking at diet and, um, and, and working with naturopaths and um, variety of healers and doing a lot of study too on, um, you know, personal growth and just looking at, you know, what, what can I do to ease my um, stress and, and help myself. Yeah. And with all, with, with, with the intention of not having MS anymore, mm -hmm. with fighting MS and trying to get my life back. And what I now know is our life 
doesn't go backwards. <laughs> it's always going forward and fighting against something isn't, isn't my, as I've learned is not my philosophy or the way that I practice my it, practice living. Um, and it doesn't breed a lot of results with, when, you know, for me, a very determined person going up against MS wasn't pretty. Yeah. Because it was two strong forces coming against each other and just amplified the MS because everything I was doing really was in service to MS, like eating because I have, a, you know, following a really strict diet just be, because I have MS and, yeah. and learning how to meditate because of, because of MS, you know, learning about even spirituality and who I was. But then as I learned, I, things started to conflict yeah. because everything was for me, looking in the rearview mirror, trying to get my life back. And then right. at one point, <clears throat> my vision at rest blurred. So now I can't walk well and I can't mm. see. Mm. And, and it was at that time I made the most powerful decision of my life. And that was to stop fighting MS. Yeah. And stop, yeah. stop fighting MS and start living my life. And, and I think the message there that ties to kind of what you do as a coach and I do as a coach, when you're driving yourself really hard, which you did in the biking world and it resulted in MS, but when you're pushing, it's basic science, it pushes back. Mm -hmm. And so you were pushing so hard to get rid of it and wanting to get rid of it versus just kind of allowing and trusting that things will unfold and that you'll find your path, which is where you move to. Right. Um, but it's really powerful. So many of us are so determined in the world and want to accomplish so many things. And we just push our way through the world, but we keep hitting walls. I That was me. I learned and I got autoimmune diseases, which I think MS is a type of autoimmune crack. It is. It is. Yeah. And yeah. so when you stop pushing at the world and you start allowing and you listen to your body, you can actually start healing, which is what uh -huh. I did. And now let's go on with your story because that's what you did. It's, it's a simple yeah. thought, but it's hard to do when you're a competitive and driven person like we are. Right, right. And um, and it's hard to say, so wait, I should stop trying? Yeah. Like, what's the difference between driving and allowing? Like allowing and, and what I now call as acceptance as a superpower using acceptance as a superpower it doesn't mean you're powerless yeah it means you're non-resistant to what is as a as a foundational place to start mm -hmm. and that's what you know all my pushing led to me not being able to hardly able to walk or be able to see and when I stopped that I mean, it became when I made this decision. It was it was a decision that was similar to when I watched Connie Carpenter win that gold medal. Mm -hmm. When I said that's what I'm going to do. When I mm -hmm. said I'm going to stop fighting this and live my life, and just just allow my life to unfold because this was what was really important. A lot of the study I was doing, and you know, you can you can call it personal growth or spirituality, I had to go toe to toe with my belief systems. Mm -hmm. And to say, okay, so I was fighting because so much of my worth came from being an athlete. And so much of what I did, what gave me purpose and meaning, I assigned to as cycling, and what yeah. I got from it. And I had to look at myself and say, okay, so what does cycling give you? you know, freedom, self, self-expression, pushing myself, knowing myself at deeper levels, teamwork, camaraderie, joy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so those are aspects of my, 
spirit or my psyche. Yeah. And so this is a great point for me to move to break and for you to continue on in the next session with what do you mean by psyche? What do you mean by moving to your spirit? So thank you for listening to our show today. I'm so excited to have Maureen Manley, world cyclist champion from long ago. Uh, we're moving into break. You're listening to Love Living Life on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Lift Your Spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whitby Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Lift your spirits at Bayview Healing Suites on beautiful Whidbey Island. Bayview Healing Suites offers treatments in beauty, health, and wellness and is located at Bayview Corner, open seven days a week. Sonia Sushagani offers acupuncture and traditional Eastern herbal medicine that restores balance within your body, mind, and spirit. You can reach out to her to book your wellness and self-care session at goldenearthhealingarts.com. Take some time for yourself to relax at Bayview Healing Suites in Bayview Corner. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Thank you for listening. I'm Marla Williams with Lift Your Spirits Radio, and I'm interviewing Maureen Manley today. And it's just a phenomenal interview because of her life story is phenomenal. So we were talking about psyche and spirit just before we went to break. So can you just want to continue on with that part of your story and experience? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I I was really coming to terms with understanding myself at a, at a deeper level and realizing that you know, what I did isn't who I am. So who was I? So digging deeper into that, a, a simple way for me to to look at that, how, how I began to dig was just say, asking myself, so, you know, what did cycling offer me? What was, what were those qualities? What are the qualities that I love? And it was the self-expression. It was pushing myself, knowing myself at a deeper level. I love the teamwork. I love the camaraderie. I love the travel. Um, and I had to ask myself, could you still have these things? And I was in it, it, kind of rough shape, but I had to ask myself that question. Can you? Your life is out in front of you. That's where you want to lean. That's the direction you want to go. That's your attitude. 
-hmm. And those are the things that I want for myself. So I said, yes, I can. I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but I know what they are. There's lots of uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen with this, with this NS, um, but I know I'm not happy fighting it. So I'm going to give up that battle and get on with living my life. And, and so, I think that's so important what you said right there, because for anybody <laughs> suffering from any autoimmune or any setback in life is focusing on what it is in your previous life that filled you up, what made you happy and begin to figure out how you can get back to that in a way that might be different. And that's exactly what you did. That's powerful to have that kind of self-reflection. So keep on going. Well, it was, it was certainly powerful for me. And one of my meditation teachers once said, as long as you can breathe, there's more things right with you than there are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I could contemplate all the things that were wrong and all the things that I lost, or I could contemplate and lean into and live from all the things that were right. Yeah. And that allowed me to have so much freedom. And it wasn't an easy thing to do. It really became a practice to focus on the things that were right and well. And, um, and as I began to do this, because it really was a test when I made this decision that this is how I'm going to live, the kind of the angst and the, all the pressure in my body began to release and I started feeling better and yeah. um and doing better and it wasn't overnight but I kept doing everything I could do with what it is I had to work with mm -hmm. you know my vision got better at rest my legs began to get stronger they were great um but I just stayed focused on what it is I could do and work with what it is that I had to work with and um and as I did this, I continued to take classes and, and doing my own, um, my own development and, um, and then continued to ask myself, you know, what is it that I want to do in the world? And one of the, what, excuse me, one of the things that, that came up for me um, a few years into my diagnosis was I wanted to go back to graduate school nice. and, um, and study the things that I was learning about in more in more personal development and spiritual in in in, in, in spiritual practice and things that were helping me. So, what did science have to say about these things? And so, I could have a little bit more credibility out in the world. Not not that you have to have any kind of degree to talk about what it is that you know to be true for yourself. But that's what I wanted to do because I asked myself, "What do you want to do?" And so, you know, and, and prior to that, it was like life was moving along. I had, I got, had gotten married, I had a child, and then I went through a divorce. And it was after the divorce that I, that, that I really came to, that I wanted to go to graduate school. Nice. And it was a tricky time. I still had MS and now I was a single mom. Mm -hmm. And I became very clear that this is, I wanted to create, actually, it was my, um, it was a self-made master's degree. Nice. Because there wasn't a box to check. You know, I didn't want to just be a psychologist. I didn't want to be a, a minister. I didn't want to be a naturopath. There was all these things I kind of wanted. I wanted to pull together mm -hmm. and um, and really look at how do you how do you live from um, your potential? Yeah. And um, and I and I, you know, graduated graduate school. And it was after I graduated graduate school that 
that, um, you know, I, I continued to just exercise at the level that I could. And I was just getting stronger and stronger. And then um, at one point, one of my best friends said, do you know there's going to be a sprint triathlon in Kirkland where I live and really close? <laughs> and I went, hmm. And I had gotten into this ritual of on the diagnosis of my, on the anniversary of my diagnosis of MS, I always did a ritual, something to celebrate life. Because mm -hmm. I said, you know, this, this is a, it, I always felt sad around the time I was diagnosed with MS. And I said, you know what? It's a date. And I have power. I can take my power back from that date. And I'm going to use it as a day I now celebrate life with. And, and the first ritual I did was to go bungee jumping. Wow. And the next ritual was um, I was looking for it. See, I had this awareness. I wanted to do something. And a friend of mine said, did you know there was going to be a sprint triathlon at, at um, Houghton Beach Park, Beach Park in Kirk, Kirkland? And I didn't know there was, but I thought, hmm, could I do that? So my left ankle um, isn't really, when I work out real hard, isn't real stable. So I thought, hmm, I would really like to do this, but I need to brace my ankle. Instead of saying, I'd do it, but I'd yeah. do it if if I didn't have MS, if, if my ankle was better, I thought, I can do it. I don't have to win it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, just show up. Yeah, it was interesting for me. It was the first time I'm still competitive, but it's like for me, it was about participating and leaning into life and celebrating life by doing it. And so I got this orthotic for my ankle. I didn't know if it was going to work well or not. <laughs> it worked okay. Um, and so I did this triathlon and and it was after doing that and training for it that I had a question that popped up in my head that I had no idea I'd ever be facing again. And it was, could you possibly race your bicycle again? Yeah. Again, no yeah. idea if I could. You know, most it. people consider the triathlon a race, dear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, so in a sense, you already had done it, but yeah. Because <laughs> triathlon is what? Swimming, running, and biking, correct? Yes. Okay. So there we go. Yes. Well, it's swimming, biking, and running. And so after those two first components, my ankle was really tired. So, you know, I strapped on this little orthotic on my ankle and, and you know, I completed the run. Let's, let's call it that. But yeah, running's not my love. Cycling yeah. is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then looking at, could I possibly race again? Not as a world-class, you know, it'd been 12 years. Yeah been 12 years and i i thought i have to i have to try wow and wow. um and i did i i did race again and and i and for the last oh my gosh what's it been 18 19 years i've been doing some competitive stuff and um and just being out there at a fairly high level and yeah. all of which i had no dream of yeah. my my dream was to continue to um, live a meaningful and purposeful uh, life where I'm benefiting others. Yeah. Yeah. And in getting back into cycling, it gave me more of a platform to reach people mm -hmm. because it became a story that was in newspapers and covered on TV. And, 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 and it helped me shed some light on 
on the condition called MS, but also my purpose is, is the condition called life. Yeah. And how it is that you can meet challenges um, that you face, whether it's, whether it's a, a disease, a health condition, or, you know, I'm, I'm doing um, quite a bit of teaching in corporations because uh, have you noticed the last couple of years have been a little dry? Yeah. Yeah. And grit and resiliency is, is my, the, the topic that I, that I cover and, mm -hmm. and not just, you know, just, you know, do it. There's a lot of science behind people that overcome and deal with and, and meet challenges um, that they're faced with and how they stay creative and happy and, and well while meeting the challenge. Cause it's, you know, we'd like to not have bad things happen, but in life, Th this chronic condition called life stuff happens. It's just yeah. gonna, it's gonna yeah. continue to. And, and we don't, we don't, we, you know, we have, we, you know, we try to, to protect ourselves from, you know, bad things happening, but, but stuff happens into different degrees. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but when and it's always build... a learning lesson. It's mm -hmm. always something that there's a message for you. Right. Yes. Always. And, and in you, your you know, case, pushing too hard which is what you were doing even though you were having vision problems you didn't stop you didn't slow down you exhausted yourself beyond what your body could do to the point that you ended up with ms yeah you know ending up with ms because i was pushing myself per perhaps you know I, there's I'm, a relation I'm, because right. autoimmune and when i yeah, push myself right. too hard i ended up with autoimmune diseases so i think there's a connection there there, there is a connection there is a connection no doubt. And okay. if, if when you're pushing yourself and you're getting feedback from yeah. your body that this isn't working, um, and you continue to do it, that's just crazy. <laughs> right. And the learning curve is I had prior to, you know, right. Racing my bicycle off the, the road, everything prior to that, that I had known, I got away with. So it was, yeah. there was no reason for me not to think that I couldn't, mm -hmm. this wouldn't just go away because mm -hmm. of everything prior to that, I pushed myself and I'd ride through things. Yeah. But now I wasn't getting away with that. Right. That, that was my first initiation. And for the last 31 years, if I'm pushing myself and not listening to my body and not staying in what would be more of a flow state yeah. in a connected state for me, um, I'm going to pay a price for it. Exactly. And that's and my story too. And so many people don't realize that connection. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, mm -hmm. even though yours was much more dramatic. I had autoimmune to the point that my doctor said, if you don't quit, you could die. Right. Um, because my adrenal glands were shutting down because I just kept pushing and pushing. Well, I can do that. Then I get yeah. better. I go back to work. I push just as hard and then I'd end up sick again. And my bosses were so generous and so nice, but I'm sure they were getting irritated that I kept going down. And it's because we weren't listening to our bodies. Right. And your thoughts. So we both have this drivenness, this competitiveness, and your thoughts become your reality. And so you're thinking, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And you keep pushing your body's going, no, you can't. No, you can't. Slow down. Take care of yourself. And you're going off, shush, 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 right? And then pretty soon it just explodes in your face. I just did. I had COVID. 
and I tried to come back too early and what do you get that kind of, I don't know what they call it. They call, they're calling it something, but rebound, you know, or yeah. I'm not rebound. I rebound and then I go down, I rebound and it's in my lungs and it's just like, oh my gosh. And so yeah. it's really, really important to listen to your body. So important to listen. And I think what happens with people, and I've been, been through this, I'm a people who it happened to is mm -hmm. if I don't, then I'm going to not be myself or I'm not going to accomplish the things that I want to. There's other ways to get things done than to push, push, push. Um, and surrender does not mean giving up. Right. And I really needed my, what a, a big lesson for me is, is realizing that <clears throat> I was dealing with um, a, what I call an adaptive challenge and not a, not a, um, an acute challenge because acute challenges, we, we push and push and we can fix. Yeah. And there's known solutions out there. And like, if you have a cold, you rest for a little bit, you take some cold medicine and, and then you're better. You know, mm -hmm. your computer breaks, you, you either figure out how to fix it yourself or you get somebody to fix it and it's better. Your car breaks, you get somebody to fix it. It's better. An adaptive challenge isn't like that. You have to learn new skills to work with it. And, um, and what it, what it invites you to do is to be innovative and do things a different way. Yeah. And that's what you're sharing about your journey. It's yeah. not like you're not doing things because right. you are, and I am, but we're right. not doing it the way that we used to. Exactly. And I think the word that you used a little while ago, the flow state is uh -huh. kind of the underlying secret to really living a full life, even though you might have challenges. MS, an autoimmune likely to come back if I don't take care. Uh -huh. And that flow state happens for you and I, we get into, I call it the being zone, which is my book, uh -huh. but we call it the flow state because what you do is you get into this very quiet meditative state where you almost have like this self-healing happening in your body. You can almost feel the vibrations and you feel sure. connected to something greater than you, whether it's universe or the earth is powerful. You know, there's so much great energy out there that can refill your empty vase and refill your empty body. And yeah. both you and I have through our own disease separately learned these lessons, came together, saw the commonalities in our stories, even though I think yours is much more dramatic than mine. Oh, only because I raced my bike off a road. <laughs> I know, right? At the top of the mountain in Tour de France. Come on, you were on the world stage. I was like in a little corner of Redmond. Right, and so, it's yeah. Stuff. It's still the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would say I was given this story to, you know, have it be dramatic so I can, I can use it, you know, perhaps, but it's still the same lessons. Yeah. Um, and, and it's whether or not you get the lessons because I'm really happy I got the lessons and I made the choices to learn because the other thing is, you know, you and I and others we could say, oh, woe is me. Yeah. And ain't it awful. Exactly. And, you, know, and you might, we might go into that for a little bit, but then we've learned how to put, both of us are such positive thinkers and doers that we kind of move from that. But it's time for break. So once again, you're hey. listening to Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Don't go away. We're going to return with more. This third part of this interview is going to be phenomenal. Talk. See you in a moment. Getting chased by the moon, danger. Oh, 
So are you ready to have a major breakthrough in your life? Marla Williams, a certified life coach and TLT practitioner, transforms lives, moving her clients from apathy to happiness, from stress to balance, from uncertainty to total confidence and more. Marla will help you identify the one breakthrough point you can change to live life in more harmony with your true self. It is life-changing. Sign up for a complimentary session at marlawilliams.net and experience the magic of moving from stuckness into a life you love. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit truehealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Back to sleep. Inside us is a secret. A promise to keep. Don't go back to sleep. Welcome back to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I'm talking with Maureen Manley about her experience with MS and how she has kind of overcome the odds to create a life she loves. So welcome back, Maureen. Um, This has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, Let's continue on with where we were and then move on to um, a few other things that I think will be impactful for our audience. Great. So we were talking about, you know, you know, pushing yourself and really learning not to. And here's a way I see it. And you can echo me if you think this relates. I see people as a vase. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing things you love to do and you're not pushing, you're kind of just in the moment. When we're talking about the flow, it's being in the moment. It's being present, surrounding yourself with people you like, things you like, activities you like. It fills up your vase. Mm-hmm. And when you do things that don't feel good, things you, when you push, when right. you fight, when you, and when people say fight cancer, I said, don't fight cancer, allow it to release, right? I mean, it's a different right. mindset, but yeah. when you're, when you're surrounding your people with people you don't like or things, if you don't like your job every single day, it's like poking holes in the bottom of your vase and you're going to feel drained. So I love that when you had to figure out who you were, you had to figure out what it is you loved and then went and got a degree and learned. And I did a lot of learning, not with a master's, but in a different mode of the things that I love and how Mm -hmm. what helped me heal is Mm -hmm. what I've gone to learn. The more I can share what helped me heal and help people with that, the the bigger the deal it it is to me. And I I think this is the same message you have. Does that sound right? I love your metaphors. Yeah, absolutely. I love your metaphor of a vase because you can tune into yourself and say, okay, 
how am I, how's my vase? How am I doing? You know, and even your body, you can imagine your, your, your body as a vase and going, is this feeding me or is it, um, pulling from me or draining me? Mm -hmm. And it takes practice. I think, you know, sometimes people hear things for the first time and they go, Oh, mm, that's weird. Or like, uh, you know, like I have to work or I have to make money. It's like, okay, slow down, deep breaths and just begin by tuning in mm -hmm. and then sure you may have to go to a job that you don't like right now or isn't totally feeding you but you begin to hone your skills of paying attention to your energy and um you know your vase metaphor is is, is great for what i had shared about what what about my psyche and and spirit feeds me what do i love and how do i fill myself with those things and it didn't happen overnight <laughs> and it doesn't i have a great story that kind of relates to this that the audience i think would relate to i had a client who called me up because he was throwing up every single day before he went to work because he hated his job right. he'd go on vacation be perfectly fine he'd come back weekends he was perfectly fine but work days he was getting physically sick he could wow. quit his job because he had kids in college mm -hmm. and it brought in the money to be able to put these kids through college. And so he came to me and we started filling his life with the things he did love and what he wished he had done in his life. And he had so much of that then in his life that all this, and we found what he loved about his work, which wasn't much. It, the work place was nice in regards to the outside grounds. So he'd spend his lunches out on those outside grounds um we made his office more meaningful to him mm -hmm. and so he could go and just get through the day because he had a greater purpose then a greater sure. purpose of where he wanted to go and the things he loved to do and now he's retired and he's doing those things and he's taking off and he oh, is great. in heaven so yeah you really need to think about what fills you up when you, and often yeah and oftentimes it's when you're a young child like you said you biked when you were young but you never oh. knew it was competitive right right Right. Until you saw that Olympic Games. I loved it. <laughs> exactly. And all the things that I did when I, you know, I kept getting sick in my work world. But when I went back and really looked at my childhood, what was it that filled me up? Well, we lived on a lake, sitting on the beach, sitting by the lake, journaling, watching wildlife was a fill me up. And the more I do of that, the better I am health wise. And that's part of my daily practice. Oh, that's great. It's that outdoors, it's that connection with nature. It's the connection with the earth. It's the journaling and letting things, you know, when you journal, you release. Uh -huh. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's, okay, That's great. And the, the other important thing too, as you know, I've had MS for 31 years and, you know, I've aged and I've matured and I've changed and and continuing to pay attention to, to the things I love because there's new things that I, that I love to do. And I, you know, I push myself pretty hard on a bike in a way that I'm not pushing, pushing, but, you know, balancing. And, you know, I, I do check in all the time. Do you still love this? Is yeah. this still fun? Um, yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I need to train at a certain level to be able to compete and ride at a, at the level that I want to, because I'm clear mm -hmm. about the level that I want to. And, and it, because of that, there's other things that I can't nurture as much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's a decision. Then um, I pay attention to the other things that, you know, like, like gardening and camping and, you know, just doing things and my, my business and the ways that I want to reach people. 
and um, and continuing to work on that balance, but also pay attention that I'm not doing something because I dropped the <clears throat> the analogy of or the the thought. It's not even an analogy that being a cyclist is who I am. It's something right. I do, and and I ride with you know I, I it, it's just I'm perhaps more clear than a, than a lot of people just because I lost it for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm clear that that's not who I am. It's something that I do. And it, it it's something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I don't do it anymore, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'll be doing something else that floats my boat and fills my vase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And that's what's important. And it's when we think what we do is who we are and our identities can easily get wrapped up around it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because we're spending so much time thinking about it and, and, you know, doing it, wh- whatever right. we do a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's similar to things that people face when they retire, yeah. you know, they're like, Whoa, who, who now what? am I now? What <laughs> do I, do? I work with a lot of people leaving the work world and wanting to figure out what they're going to do in the second half of their life. And yeah. I, that's one of the, my favorite things to do is help people really find their passions. And because it's not about at that point, it's not about how much you earn or how amazing you are. It's about what do you really love to do? Yeah. And whether you want to earn money or not is, is a defining factor, but really following your heart and mm-hmm. really connecting. You and I have a commonality in that we both have what we call a daily practice. I don't know what you call yours. I call mine a daily practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake every up every single day and start my day putting myself in that flow state, putting myself in that being zone. And if I don't, I'm off. Mm-hmm. Do you have something similar like that? Yeah, I do. It's probably not as um because as you you told me um before that you don't watch the news yeah i don't i don't i haven't watched the news since 2010 and people go well how do you know what's going on i go you can pick it all up online but watching the news drains you it's like poking holes in the bot because most of if it bleeds it leads most is negative and as soon as i learned that i went no wonder i feel so drained every day i'm watching this horrible stuff in the world happening all over and people mm-hmm. spend hours and hours sucked into all these news mm-hmm. stories. I just go, well, I don't watch it I, well, at all. And I, get, I know what's going on in the world. I just look online, get the headlines. If I need to read more, I can. Yeah, it, I think what I what I've said in in especially some of my webinars during um, the height of COVID is educate, don't saturate. Mm-hmm. You really pay attention if you if you do watch the news just don't get consumed by it. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you need to know? And, um, and then cut it off and, and, and don't watch it over and over again, <laughs> Yeah, over and over again. And, um, and find those things that fill you up. Um, yeah. and it, it's not like, and that it's not like just go and do the things that you love. It, it, sometimes people need to, to really sit down and say, what do I love? Mm-hmm. And, and and start to explore like you say you do with your your clients and I do the same w- with mine it is it's we don't always just know you know yeah. like when I ask I remember I remember a minister asking one of my greatest mentors she asked me so what do you want what do you want and I'm like uh yeah I, I mean I at that point I I didn't want MS that was a long time time ago mm-hmm. but it's like what do you want mm-hmm. and what are again, what are those qualities? Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, the qualities, the things that you, that you, you know, think about joy, what brings you joy? Well, 
uh, I don't know, people can get overwhelmed and, um, and just start breaking it down. Yeah. And like you said, even looking at when you were a child, what you love to do? Exactly. Um, Cause that stuff does show up as adults. And I think, um, it's an, it's important to look at and, and yeah. not feel like to have purpose and meaning in your life. You have to go, you know, save the world or do these grand things. Right. Purpose and meaning is, is simply to have love and, and joy and self-expression and relationships. And, mm -hmm. and if you feel like you don't have a lot of relationships in your life, Pick something to just start getting involved yeah. with. Exactly. Um, when I first moved to Washington, um, like many people, I didn't know a soul. Mm -hmm. And I was in rough shape, too. Mm. But um, I just began to kind of reach out and, and do stuff and take so classes. So that's when you had MS when you moved to Washington? Yeah. I okay. left Colorado because I just it just was too painful to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I moved here with my then boyfriend who became my husband, then ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're married again, just recently I too. Yeah. A month ago. Yay. Congratulations. Thank let's you. talk about, let's talk, let's move into talking about you are, uh, involved very highly in the MS fitness challenge and are really making a difference. Tell me about what's going on because something's happening actually tomorrow. So yeah, just tell me about what you're doing and what they're doing and how it makes a big difference in people's lives. Well, since um, I don't, in, when I got back into cycling, I would say I really got involved in the MS community. And, um, and a lot of that and did a lot of speaking around the country and, um, you know, with, with, for MS and then also, you know, doing other things were just for uh, peak performance within corporations and stuff like that. But the MS fitness challenge through all the journey with my, uh, or, you know, working with different MS organizations, I um, discovered that this organization is focuses on fitness, nutrition, and mindset. They don't focus on drug therapy. They don't focus on the woe is me, I have MS. They're very focused on what is it that I can do to strengthen myself, benefit myself, heal myself while having MS. It's very positive. So it's like, I'm in. That's awesome. Yeah. The last time I spoke for them, they said, you're in. You know, you're nice. not, if you don't, you can be a speaker for us, but we'd like to have you on our team nice. and so um we've we've done some training camps and um and uh tomorrow there is a virtual program um that you can find out about on my website um that is uh we're i'll be talking about mindset and um it's the topic of but i'll my my presentation is going to be about building resiliency and grit and really what it takes to to do that and um and then after me a, a fabulous uh nutritionist will be speaking and um and then the founder of the um ms fitness challenge is a bodybuilder a former bodybuilder who has ms nice. and uh he and um another gal will be doing exercises that are specific to strengthen um the brain uh 
muscle connection. Um, yeah. He's got a really particular way he exercises that something that I believe strongly in. He pushes people. Yeah. Just like neuroplasticity in the brain, you know, what you focus on, what you talk to yourself about will build these neural pathways in your brain. You've got to exercise correctly where your body is getting a, this is important to adapt to. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that he's not overdoing it for anybody, but he's not underdoing it either. He wants the the body to respond to the type of exercises. So he's really, really good with it. And I'm an exercise scientist, my undergraduate degree. Um, but my focus is, has always been more what I've chosen to, is to focus more on resiliency and grit. Yeah. So I think what's important for people to know about this MS um, challenge. Yeah, challenge tomorrow mm -hmm. is that it's free. Uh -huh. It starts like at 9 a.m. in the morning. You can learn more about it on Maureen's website, which is maureenmanley.com. And that's M-A-U-R-E-E-N-M-A-N-L-E-Y.com. Yeah. And it's so, under, yeah, yeah. It's a, you'll see speaker and then there's a drop down that says webinar. So if you went to speaker, you'll see a, a drop down that says webinar. And yeah. uh, click on that. And, um, and it's free because of the sponsorships. Um, yeah. And so and it, there's very high quality speakers, but it, it's, it's pretty wonderful and phenomenal and uh, miraculous that this kind of um, presentation or two weekend um, webinar can come to people for free. And it's the, she talked about the high level speakers and these are people that have been through it and can really share I think the other important piece of this is that it doesn't matter whether you have MS, it'd be a great webinar for anybody suffering from any setbacks or any autoimmune or anything in life where you just want to take your health, your happiness, your well-being to a higher level. This is a webinar for you. And I just think it's phenomenal that your sponsors have agreed to sponsor you guys so that you can all share your brilliance and your wisdom with the world. And so I'm very, very excited. Maureen, Thank I can't you. say enough about, you know, I just adore you. Oh, I've heard you speak. I've heard you. with you in speaking gigs. And I just think that you're an amazing person who has come through so much in life. And what I really love is you dedicated yourself to helping others and the world appreciates you. And thank you so much for being here today. Um, it's just been a true pleasure talking with you. So everyone, thank you once again for joining us. This is, and listening to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I'll be back on the first Friday of September and I look forward to my guest at that time. Thanks again for being here. Don't go back to sleep. Round and open, and the rivers so deep. The door is round and open.